Hello, welcome back to the Scuttlebutt, a Marine Corps Association podcast. I'm Nick. I'm here with William. Hello. Nancy. Hi. And we got Sergeant Major LaHue back in the house. Hello. Um, and I just want to jump right into it. Just, uh, Sergeant Major, you just made an announcement uh, that you got your trip back on to go walking across the entire country. So I don't know if you want to catch us up to speed of where we've been in the last six, eight months since we last talked to you, but... What brought, uh, how'd you decide now is the time to get back on the, on the walk? Well, first of all, it's great to be back here, uh, seeing everything kind of from flash to bang, being the original guinea pig <laughs> that kind of came into here uh, and circling back a little later. You guys have been doing a great job, so it's my honor to be back on here again and to see how far this has actually progressed. Oh, thanks. We are uh, so happy to have you back. You yeah. are our first First and second guest. Yeah, because <laughs> the first one got split into two episodes, so. It did. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, about that time, we, we kind of discussed a little bit about this um, just prior to kind of COVID shutting everything down. Um, a friend of mine, uh, retired Sergeant Major Rocky Kinzer, that actually uh, used to work for me uh, as a first sergeant out at the 3rd Marine Regiment when I was the regimental sergeant major. He was my headquarters first sergeant. And he also uh, was doing some great things out there in the regiment. And we struck up a really good, not just working relationship, but a really good friendship. Uh, this carried on to this day. So when Rocky retired from the Marine Corps as well, uh, I brought Rocky uh, out to a couple of sites, uh, one out in Tarawa and another one that was in Europe. And Rocky has been a huge proponent also of our nation's missing in action and, and basically doing whatever it takes to try to, to make America realize that we do have still over 80,000 of these Americans that are missing just since the end of World War II, and you can only, it's imaginable, um, the, the, the amounts previous dating all the way back to 1775 in the history of our country, and a lot of which are buried in the cemeteries that are from the Civil War that are circulating uh, Quantico right around here. So Rocky uh, and I got together and we were always going to, in our discussions, uh, when we get together, we try to do some really neat stuff. And we find out where each other hasn't been before. And uh, I, I found out that, you know, Rocky is a huge Chicago Bears fan. So when Rocky went out uh, and did all these great things for the Marine Corps and went out and did the same thing for the families of America and trying to help return our America's Missing in Action, uh, I thought, be a pretty neat thing. Rocky, have you ever been to a Bears game? And he's like, I've never been to a Bears game. So Rocky and I kind of got together and said, well, we're not just going to do a Bears game. How about we go do a Bears game in uh, Lambeau Field in Green Bay? And I'm not a Packers fan. I am. Bingo. <laughs> but who wouldn't want to go to Lambeau Field if you're a football fan, a fan of the game, and to also see two very historic teams in the NFL. Including uh, the best team, the NFL, the Packers. You know, Nancy, <laughs> you know, you didn't tell me that before you asked me to come back here Sorry. on the podcast. <laughs> we, uh, we're talking about how we try to avoid the mega controversies on here. Okay. Um, okay. But Nancy <laughs> threw that out the window. I'll dial it back. <laughs> so as we kind of keep uh, going a little bit down the road, we know that COVID kind of hits. Um, and, and the two years have been really brutal. The two years have been brutal uh, in an industry as well that primarily uh, has to move and search the world for these um, missing service members. And with the restrictions around the world, uh, it's been everything that I could do in human power to raise awareness, get attention, 
or to maintain the stability of an organization as a platform to be able to provide this service not only to the U.S. government with all of these tools and resources and the science staff, but also, more importantly, maintaining a capability and a resource for the families and our Gold Star families of these missing Americans that a few of us that have worn the uniform, and I say a few even though there are millions, this is still 1% of an percentile in America that historically has served. And since the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, and primarily since the wars uh, have ended in Vietnam, post-Vietnam, we are an all-volunteer force. And that is a very trying thing when you have less than 1% of the population that is also an all-volunteer force that is constantly being called upon to go back into the breach over and over and over and over again, um, just like these families. And we kind of came together and, and came this concept. And uh, the concept was, prior to COVID, we were going to look at a mixture of a kind of a bike across America. And then it was kind of maybe a mixture of a bike and a mix when you get to certain areas of the nation. Uh, you know, you can bike here a little bit faster or you can hike through these certain areas. And more importantly, it's always about the journey. Uh, and not the destination. So the intent of this was never to just go flash to bang and say, we have a timeline, we need to be here by this time, and we need to get there by that time. The intent of this was two American Marines that has spent a collective of 54 years together in service of our nation and deployed a lot of time away from that, now being able to stand on one coast and take in the country that we don that uniform and serve to protect with our own lives and be able to not only just enjoy it together, as in I am my brother's keeper and you don't have to get through this thing alone, um, take our time, go across America, highlight a lot uh, to the average American that is out there that does not know a lot of these things that I've just discussed, that does not know that we still have more than 80,000 missing service members. Their jaws hit the deck when they hear me talk about this as I, in my travels all around the world. And then also, it's kind of our labor of love um, to be able to go across America as well, to be able to see the hardworking, average, everyday American that has helped support the American war effort or has helped support the American serviceman and woman to be able to go forward and do the missions that the nation needs them to do. It's our honor to be able to start at the USS Constitution, choose America's longest road, which is Highway 20, uh, 3,365 miles of the beauty that is America, and then to go along that journey at our own time, our own speed, and our own pace, and also not only just see the goodness of what is going on out there in everyday America that the average person may not see that is on that, and be able to showcase that in a different manner to people, but to also stop along the journey to say thanks to people, to say thanks for doing what you're doing. Thank the farmer when we're walking across Nebraska for doing what it is that they're doing. Thank the firefighters, the police officers, the nurses that are across America, and just the average everyday mothers or families that are just trying to make it like everybody else that is out there that really is a testament to what makes our country great.
Yeah, you're hitting a lot of the big points too. So you're starting in New England, you're working your way across New York, then down to the industrial lakes, right? And then you're going to work across the farm belt. Absolutely. Then you're going to go through the mountains. Then you're going to hit Potato Land, and then you're going to be up in the Pacific Northwest. So you're not missing a lot. You're hitting not, a, lo a lot of people. Not missing a lot. It's a, it's quite a smattering of the tapestry that is America. Uh, it is some of the trails that some of the earliest Americans actually went and crossed these, these and traversed uh, the United States this way. And also, it's very easy to just say, you know, somebody selected one spot to another spot, and somebody's hiking across America. Um, most people would say, you know, Justin, Rocky, there's a shorter way to do that, right? <laughs> Meaning it's not 3,365 miles. If you take this route that's down here and it actually goes from here to here and cuts off 1,000 miles of that journey, um, like I said before, it's not about that. It's about the journey. It's about sharing something and experience with somebody else. And it's also about highlighting that there are a lot of similarities between why we chose to walk across America's longest road. Because the way that America has developed since 1775, America has not shortchanged anything. The average everyday hardworking America out there is not looking to take shortcuts. They are getting up very early. They are going to bed late every evening. And they are making the best living that they can for their families. Um, the long road, it's been 20 years since 9-11 happened. Right. Highway 20 is our homage to 20 years of warfare that both Rocky and I went forward and actually did that, and, and along with a lot of our other brothers and sisters. Um, the packs that you're going to carry rather than carry things on a bike, it's symbolic of I am my brother's keeper. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. And also having to know that you cannot do this by yourself. Just like... Um, Always used to love out at TBS uh, when you go out there and see the TBS individual people doing the heavy weapons hike. If you ever wanted to watch a suck fest that is in <laughs> OCS other than the Quigley and the Winter and other things that are like that, watching uh, the basic school ruck up for a heavy weapons hike that basically is not going far and fast, but everybody is going to experience the pain on this hike. Nobody gets out of this. These weapons will be broken down. It isn't just the shortest, the tallest, the smallest, the biggest. You're going to interchange those parts. The short people are going to hike some of the bigger kits. The longer people are going to carry these certain things that are out there, and this hike represents what that reflection is in the military and the long road that it has taken our nation to get to this point today, and we intend to highlight every mile of that across America. So you and Rocky, do you have any other folks walking with you, or are you just? You know, the, the, way that, uh, the way that this is Forrest Gumping its way uh, <laughs> into my <laughs> inbox every day that's around here, the answer to that now is yes. Rocky and I are the primary opponent um, that are taking this hike, but we have also offered this up along the way that we do not intend to do this alone. We are putting this out there so that when people see where we are at a certain thing, when people see that there are two U.S. Marines that are out there that are hiking across America and they're going to be in my area tomorrow or they're going to be here, that allows them to grab what little thing that they can, come out for a mile, come out for a day, come out for anything else, and join us 
uh, in this walk. So, uh, sorry, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, I guess for logistically speaking, how can people follow you on your journey and figure out, okay, they're going to be here soon. We can meet up with you. How, how are you tracking that? Primarily right now, we're going to use the Facebook as a platform. I've created a group. The group over there is called The Long Road. Uh, so if you search The Long Road on Facebook, you will find that group. It is an open invite into that group. It is not very selective that is on there for the simple reason of we do want more people to come over that. We do want to pool more crowdsourcing resources that are on there because the intent of this is to just start. And I say that because one of the earlier questions to kick it off was kind of like, why now? What was the thing that was here? Um, you can continue to do this, and you can plan, and you can plan and do everything else. And eventually, you plan so much that a year has gone by, two years has gone by. Well, in a year or two of somebody's life, a lot changes in that life that sure is does. here. So I will tell you, a lot of these journeys, most people have looked at me other than, I think you're nuts for doing a lot of these things. A lot of people are like, oh, you guys must have been planning this for three years and all that. The intent of this is absolutely not. And the intent of this is to do it safely. The intent of this is to crowdsource the great resources that are out there, uh, to use that, uh, that long road group that is on the Facebook platform that is there. And they can also follow me over at our www.historyflight.com page. So it kind of ties into that because that is the base resource for fundraising, uh, not only supporting our journey across the nation, but more importantly, the crowdsourcing and the fundraising to help support this platform of sustainability to be able to project teams to go around the world again to bring home more of America's missing in action. So will you be giving out like daily updates, photo updates? Will you be using video, just whatever you can? Absolutely. As soon as we step off from the Constitution, uh, we plan on blogging each night. Um, once we get off the road, uh, we are going to be recording video and doing live stream, not only just along the course, but also interacting with people uh, by video each night. And there are going to be numerous ways for people to interact along the journey and also for people to uh, chime in and assist along the way by using those multitude of platforms. Beautiful. And are you hoping this will be a fundraiser for History Flight? I am hoping that this will be a fundraiser for not only just uh, History Flight, but basically a fundraiser that, um, that can tie into support of our American Gold Star families, that can tie into uh, funeral services that are being provided for individuals because you are talking about returning American service members that a lot of families hoped for for a lot of years, never thought was going to happen, and then also showing them the resources that they actually have and the community that they have uh, for the simple way is highlighting the goodness of America, it, of when we're putting a little bit of America back into America. It's also highlighting ways that the average people out there can identify these families that are in their community that have sacrificed so much for this nation. And they are your neighbors. They are the people that you never knew down the street. And we will be able along the journey to show that these people are living amongst you out there. And you know what? Here's the tragedy that happened in this family line. Whether it was 28 years ago, whether it was 54 years ago, it doesn't matter. The death of a son or a daughter is one thing. 
not knowing what happened to those individuals is another thing. And it goes against everything that we are as Americans to say that we will give up for that family who gave so much uh, for all of us to even to be here in this podcast today. But unfortunately, life seeps in with your neighbors. People just go about every day making a living and doing their thing, but they don't know how their neighbor manages to do it every day. But boy, they look up to them. There's something different about them. They carry themselves a little different. They put gold stars in their window. They fly the American flag, and they're these hardworking Americans. It's going to be great to be able to show people's neighbors. This might be a little bit of the reason why they are so resilient and you look up to them so much. This may be the reason that they're not walking around uh, or they're out in a cemetery uh, for that day on a Memorial Day. And historically, they go out to the local cemetery once a year and they place these flowers. And you may not know why that is. We're going to let you know why that is because that is the goodness of who we are as a nation. And that's something you and your history flight team have experienced time and again. Time and again. Um, it, when I started at History Flight, I wanted to make the connection after this, is I have a great scientific team, and this is an international team. They are, you know, Ted Williams said at one time, of all the accolades he ever got in life and everything else, the best team that Ted Williams ever played for was the United States Marine Corps. I can echo that in spades. The best team I ever played for in my life, and will be in my life, will be as a United States Marine. But I will tell you, when I crossed over that was here, assembling a team of these international professionals that come from all walks of life, every race, creed, color, origin, um, every height, every weight, collegiate athletes, um, military team leaders, assembling these people all together in a world that a lot of times says that a lot of these people shouldn't be able to work in the same space. Uh, they shouldn't be able to get along together. Uh, we have managed to do that in spades and make that work so much to accomplish a 93% success rate on every site that we look for, return over 385 sets of missing Americans back to the United States with over 159 of them being positively identified and returned to their families. And that's like a small little international coalition. Um, those are passionate individuals uh, that are out there. And that team, to watch a 25-year-old girl standing up to her knees and waist in a foreign nation, to be able to coffer dam that up, to be able to work with local nationals, to be able to say, this is the way that I am choosing to serve my country. Because I am a firm believer that everybody doesn't have to just serve their country with a pack and a rifle on shoulders. There are a multitude of ways for every individual to get out there and make a difference. These people on this team have chosen to make a difference. They have made a difference in Bosnia-Herzegovina, in some of the war crimes cases for The Hague, and we have searched all around to grab all of these people, to talent pool them together, to look at these cold cases and sit around and go, why is this person not home? What has been done so far to do that? What may be missing? Because as everybody knows, sometimes when you're looking at it, and you're looking at it, and you're looking at it every day, like a lot of detectives in the police force have told me out there, 
Sometimes the answer is still sitting right in front of your face, but you just can't see it because you're so close to the problem. So to be able to get all these people together to look at these problems from there and then to be able to decipher and lay a plan out, second best team that I've ever been associated with in my entire life is the team and people that are out there that are dedicating a portion of their lives, um, a good portion of their lives, to fulfilling America's promise of we don't leave our dead and wounded on the battlefield and dead or alive, somebody like me is going to come to our last dying breath and keep searching for you. And that may not result in a successful outcome, but we can never lose the fact that we made a promise to a lot of people along the way. And that is a force multiplier in uniform. It was very easy for me to deploy, deploy, and deploy again when I knew from a very young age in all of our schools in the U.S. Marine Corps, the underlying fluoride that we put in their water is it doesn't matter who the president is, doesn't matter. You can count on the person on your left and your right. That is your brother. That is your sister. And we are going to put you through this test and these challenges. And we're going to throw things on top of you to bring you all closer together so much that when you get in a combat zone, you will never think twice. You will never. There is no surrender. There is no surrender. And you will also put your life on the line to make sure that individual comes home, and they will put their life on the line to make sure that you're coming home. There is a reason that we do not put graveyards in Afghanistan and Iraq that are around there. Our losses came home that are here more than any other generation, and we have people that have been awarded some of our nation's highest awards that are out there. Take Dakota Meyer, for example. Anybody who studies that case that is in there knows that Dakota went back in and in and in again to retrieve lost individuals. Even when he knew that someone may not be alive in there anymore, it is, I am not going to let those individuals lay on this battlefield, and I am going to make sure I live up to this promise that dead or alive, on my watch, you're coming home. And I had an opportunity to talk to quite a few members of your history flight team, and everything you're saying, um, that they're intelligent, but they're also so incredibly passionate about the work they do. And shameless plug, if any of you listeners want to hear more or learn more about history flight, go to the Leatherneck November 2020 issue for an article about history flight. A very outstanding one. Thank you, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and uh, while I've got the, the microphone here, l- let me ask you about logistics for the trip. Are you going to have people supplying you along the way, or how are you going to do that? A lot of that is already streamed down, resupply. Uh, we're also going to have things that are sent forward because Route 20 is a known route. So it isn't like you're going off the grid for a lot of things. Right. So a lot of the things have been planning uh, in the eastern half of the United States. Basically, when you have the routes that go all the way uh, across the north till you get to about Chicago, there isn't, a, there isn't a large stretch that anybody can walk on a certain day that you're not walking through a community and you don't have access to certain things that are on there. 
It's kind of when you get on the other side of the Mississippi River, you start getting into Iowa, you start getting into uh, Nebraska, and a lot of those places start to spread out a little bit. And also by the time that you're there, a lot of the kit that you are leading off with up here is going to start changing as the seasons start mm-hmm. changing. So by the time that you're starting right here, stepping off, great intent, get out of Virginia before it gets sweltering sure. hot. Yep. It's on the East Coast. Get across the Northwest into the end before it's freezing cold on the opposite side. And that had a lot of choice on the way of that resupply uh, that's going to go. But Rocky and I... Um, The intent is uh, low and slow. Uh, We have packs that are on our backs. Uh, We also have developed kind of a a rudimentary cart system that is out there. Uh, You would think that after so many years of the hiking community that is out there, you would think that somebody would have already mastered an off-the-shelf thing that you could go online, just take it, clip it in, hook it up to you, kind of walks behind you or anything else or some of these people are pushing it in front like a baby carriage or something that's else like that there's trade-offs for everything you will find that there is not a lot of people when you google anything on the internet that has really done this or has re- they do like the appalachian trails they do the pacific crest trails the continental divide a lot of emotions known trails that are here a lot of people bike across the nation so they carry panner bags on the side, and they have everything else there. There's not a lot of people that ruck up rucksacks or drag a cart behind them 3,000 miles across the United States, whether it's Route 66, whether it's uh, Route 20, uh, whether it's anything that's down in the southern states that is a much shorter route there. Um, so we have a lot of people that have already volunteered at certain points of the rate of march to be able if you need anything this is what we already have or we can drop off certain things at certain places to trade that out and this is also part of the resilience of the nexus of crowdsourcing we were talking about of you don't have to overly plan 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 you have to plan that is on there but you don't have to do it so much that it retards this from ever happening and it's kind of like the military age old adage you know, I'd much rather go forward with 80% enthusiasm with 80% of the plan. You're 100% enthusiasm with 80% of the plan than the trade-off of having 100% of the plan with a lesser amount of enthusiasm. Um, this is also to show the average American, you can do something. It yeah. doesn't have to be this, but you can do something. And it also goes back to what you said about you're not in this alone we're doing this together it is and that's part of the the, that's part of the help the veterans transition as well one it's one thing to watch people on the internet It's it's another thing to see people doing it or to go they're doing it or i want to do or something like that that's inspiring to another individual like we said before may inspire somebody to come out for a couple of miles to walk along the thing and during that couple of miles talk you're talking with somebody that's having a hard part of their life right now and they're wondering how did you get to a point i want to be you how did you get to a point because they don't know your life story to where you're hiking across the united states and you're highlighting this goodness and you're doing that how how do i get to that point as well So you're sitting there to be able to walk slow. You're there to stop along the way. You're there to be able to look at somebody and say, you know what? 
you don't have to do this alone. Get out, start doing these little things. These little things become bigger things. And then when you do that, uh, we're not uber uh, athletes. You know, we're not just sucking down power bars and eating everything with 1% body fat that's planning to get across America to here. To look at Rocky and I walking across that thing, anybody in America can probably go, those are two average dudes. They may make it, they may not, but we're going to tune in to see how they're planning on doing this. I imagine you have some pretty pretty good calves by the time you get to Newport. So Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> um, yeah, so you almost don't even need, like, you're right, like, you're, as you're crossing towards Chicago, like, if people got couches, like, you almost don't even need a backpack. But, yeah, once you get out west, you, you're going to pass through a few deserts. You know how you're timing that up? You Absolutely. That? And that's why you time that up yeah. rather, rather than that time period to be in the southwestern deserts of the United States yeah. or to try to cross anything that's going through things like Death Valley or to do that. You know, the, the safety aspect, there always needs to be a safety aspect into everything written or you shouldn't be executing. And if this isn't combat. This isn't something like you have to go out today and you have to take the fight to the enemy that's on that to where a lot of times uh, the rudimentary safety things that we are grown to know as Marines in our training is secondhand nature when you're sitting in the can or you're laying in the field and it's go time. It's just it, it kicks in and you just take that in and you just get out and you do what you have to do that day. Uh, I would never advise anybody to take a haphazard approach to anything like this, especially if you're over 50, especially in the retired community, especially even if you're 18 years old uh, or you've just finished college and you want to take a year off. And we hear this all the time, you know, somebody's going to take a sabbatical or they're going to go hike the Camino or something like that. I would not advise somebody to just wake up one morning and just say, I'm going to throw 40 pounds of weight on my back and I'm going to even hike 100 miles that is out there without any kind of pre-training that is there. But also it's to show people that in today's day and age, a lot of the old ways of doing business are not the new ways that you can ha- you have more resources than you know if you are willing to put yourself out there. If you are willing to share your life with people, you will find that there are people that come to you and say, I can help with this. My God, I didn't know that. Like we were talking about resupplies or that. My God, I didn't know that. I just attended a, um, uh, a convention, a national, 130th National Convention of the Legion of Valor, which is made up of all America's Medal of Honor recipients and Service Cross recipients in America. And it was in Williamsburg for a few days. The guest speaker and the guest of honor for our event was Fred Smith from FedEx. Okay, so access to having Fred Smith that is there, a fifth Marines alumni, a captain in the Marine Corps, a Vietnam veteran and Silver Star recipient that now is not at a huge swanky event to where it's showcasing. He's in a room with his buddies from Vietnam. He's not in a room where people are trying to sell him things. It's where he can relax. It's where he can talk and he can discuss. Uh, This is Marines supporting Marines. So when you're talking about all kinds of things that are out there and the nexus of how things tie in together, Nancy's heard me say this numerous times below. I believe you are where you are supposed to be in life. 
And when you embrace that and you are open and receptive to certain things, even in the hardships of the days when you can look at the light, there is bright light. You just keep moving one foot in front of the other. And this also with this long journey ties into that circle of what we said of so many of those veterans that are out there that don't think that light's all that bright anymore. Or so many of them, they think they're alone. They think they're here. This highlights to them that you have more resources than maybe just a couple of sheets in a transition seminar that somebody sent out and said, if you're having some trouble, start with number one, go to number two, hit number five, it may be number nine. You can find out within your own circle of friends and then their circle of friends in today's day and age, it is honestly faster to be able to connect to somebody. Um, I see it every day on these social media platforms. Nine times out of 10, there is usually a veteran that is out there as if you are following them really close on their friends, you can sense their change of mood. You can sense what they're doing. Uh, you can sense what they're posting that is online that may be a little bit different than what they normally are doing. And that allows you to either go over to a messenger or to a text or to something and just say the words, hey, man, just checking up on you. You doing okay? Uh, just saw that last post that you made out there. And I have found out not just 9 out of 10, almost 10 out of 10 people will come back and go, so you saw that. Thanks for reaching out today. I was having a bad day or something like that. Because we also know that a lot of those platforms are the things that are causing them some of the most stress in their life Absolutely. as well. So it is a double edge sword True. and this is not a sword that 50 years ago a generation who was very more compartmentalized with each other uh, had to deal with and this is why veteran suicide is not only a problem youth suicide in america is through the roof right now and a lot of that has everything to do with living people's lives on social media this is to sprinkle a little bit of social media into there but tell people, if you really want to get out there, see the world and make it in life, you have to be a participant in it. Don't just live your life in the screen of somebody else to do that. And Rocky and I are intending to show them that in spades. And you chose uh, a significant date to begin your journey. 6 June. Uh, 6 June. It was a couple of months ago. I called Rocky up and I just said, I think now's the time. And why is the time? Uh, the window has now opened up to where America is kind of more pre-pandemic, so to say. I wouldn't say it's normal by any means whatsoever, but America is more rudimentary of people's everyday skills. Um, and life access is they can go to restaurants, they can go out, nobody's just sheltering in place. V large venues are out there again. Um, and right now, uh, we're looking at uh, a lot of international restrictions are being lifted. So when international restrictions start being lifted and you're in the business of searching for America's Missing right. in Action, your teams, you and everything else, is now back going again that's doing that. So I called him up and I just said, hey, buddy, um, what do you think about this? I think the time's probably now. And he goes, I've been waiting for you to say that. What is this? And threw a date on the board. Okay, when are we going to start? I uh, didn't want to do it right around Memorial Day because it's very, uh, it, it, it really, Memorial Day, there should be an attention on the people of this nation 
who gave everything, and they're all for that. It shouldn't be the kickoff date to highlight somebody else's thing that was here because I want to spend that day in silent remembrance and song remembrance uh, thinking about my father, thinking about my bud buddies. And that is exactly where the 6th June date came into. And I said, Rocky, how's 6th June sound to you? And he goes, it sounds great. Why did you pick 6th June? I said, because on 6th June 1944, my father was a PFC in the 29th Infantry uh, that came out of the front end of an LCVP into the German cliff fire of the 352nd Division uh, that we've kind of seen on the opening 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan that was out there. Um, I was about 28 years old as a PFC at that time, which was an old man uh, for those days in the military. And he managed to cross Omaha Beach all the way to St. Lowe and survive. And with what that man had saw and what a nation did on the longest journey to cross over to Europe to free the entire world from the tyranny that is there, that man and his mothers came home and built these roads, worked in these towns, and made the America today for all of us that are sitting here today with a head full of trauma, with a head full of nightmares, with a head full of separation anxiety that's now back in America with millions of other people in uniform that are competing for jobs now. Um, and you want to talk about a transition. 1945 in America, when everybody said, thank you for your service, now get out. Right. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to release a million people out at one time. Not in these phases. We can't, war's over. We can't pay you. We can't do anything else. Here's your rupture duck. Good luck. No transition services, no PTS awareness type things, no VA really set up to do that. And out standing in lines like it's the Great Depression again, after they just served and saw what they did for their nation, they're standing in lines for military jobs. And there are jobs that you have seen across America in some of the darkest portions of our history that we're all not so proud of. There was times when people used to hang no Irish need apply here. No, there was times in America no military need apply after the war because we have enough, we have enough veterans that are here. Um, but yet these people, my father, my mother, and that generation created and maintained the America that we have today, built um, Eisenhower's highway system across America, sure. sent and put people on the moon that are here, and reached and did great things that are there. So this is also a journey to show people the resilience of the American fighting man and woman that has went forward to do this, that still has to deal with those things every day, or separation anxieties, or everybody's life outside the military isn't as good as it is as they're making it out to be on some of those social media platforms. But you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, and it's all going to be okay. So as you've been uh, getting the word out about the long road here, um, have any places along your route try to set up, like, because you don't know when you're going to get there, but, like, try to set up, like, get-togethers or meetings or anything? They have so, already. Yeah. A, 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 a person named Tom Blaney came on uh, the other day, and I saw this beautiful post this guy made. And he said, basically, announced it to all of Chicago, and then 
put out a thing, and Tom's pretty well connected, put out a thing that basically said and started calling mayors that are in towns once they get into Illinois, uh, you're going to take care of these guys. When we get them there, we are going to show them from one side of the other what Illinois is, and when we get them here in, uh, in Chicago, uh, we're going to be wrapping our arms around them in Chicago. It's the same thing of the kickoff in Boston. Uh, Boston to Massachusetts and, and everything across Massachusetts that's on that spread. People have been coming out of the woodworks already. Uh, even if you're doing 20 miles a day, we think that you'll probably be around here and I know a guy. Or there's a VFW, there's an American Legion. We would like to do this that is here. That's fantastic. It, it really is. So a lot of that has come in. Chicago was one of the major hubs. Uh, Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, I have a friend that used to be a first sergeant, him and his wife, uh, that are out there. As soon as I told them I was coming on Highway 20, they said, here's a gas station. When you get there, let us know. We'll pick you up. You're coming to our house tonight for dinner. You stay at the place here. We'll take you back out tomorrow, drop you off, restart the journey. I guess that kind of leads into my next question. Do you have any planned, because there's parts where uh, Highway 20 and an interstate are the same road, so you can't walk on that. So do you have the, all your detours planned out Absolutely. Already? Absolutely. A lot of route reconnaissance yeah. <laughs> uh, has been going into this. And a lot of these portions over um, the amount of time I was in the military, uh, a lot of these routes we've crisscrossed back and forth um, by car, by PCS moves with the family that we've been intersecting there. My wife is, is ecstatic. There's a couple of states that we're going through that she really has never got to visit for a lot of things. So there are times when we're going to have our families to be able to come out and uh, our, our friends that say, I want to come out for like three days and walk with you guys that are on here and we intend to come out by Sioux City or something like that to do that. Um, so yeah, it's absolutely. Great summer. Yes. Yeah. It is. Well, Sioux City is where my family is, so I might have to plan a trip out there. So. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We'll be happy to yeah. have you out. Um, yeah. Okay. So, and you're going to hit Yellowstone which is, oddly enough, where Highway 20 is not named Highway 20. That is right. Um, <laughs> uh, so that is a national park, and you've, you're going to have your passes handy. and one of, the, one of the most beautiful things, right, yeah. of being an American veteran that is on there yeah. is now every yeah. American veteran can apply to have all their park passes for yeah. life for free. Before, mm -hmm. it used to be tied to just being uh, pretty much like a 100% disabled veteran, but here recently, that has been opened up as an option for anybody that came out with an honorable discharge. Uh, we not only have those, is I am already tied into people that are in the National Park Service that has given me a call that says, when you hit Yellowstone, people will already know that you are here. Our rangers will already have been briefed that you guys are coming on to the national parks that are here so that you're not going to have the, uh, the, the daily ranger show up yeah. that didn't get the brief and, you know, hassles you guys like John Rambo on, yeah. <laughs> on the movie, <laughs> th thinking yeah. you're just a couple of dysfunctional veterans that are trying to do that. Uh, a lot of those uh, checks uh, in the block have already happened, and we're very thankful and grateful for that. All right. And then um, do you have any estimate about how long, what time you're trying to get there by Thanksgiving? Like, Oh, we would actually like to, ironically, the Marine Corps birthday. Oh, there you oh go. that's great. Right. Isn't that pretty awesome? It kind of ties into your start time, your end time, 
there's even a couple of things. My friend Rocky is now an ordained minister. Imagine what retired sergeant majors can do on their free time now. So Rocky's <laughs> getting a lot of requests to stop along the way and marry people, which is going to be great. Not a bad deal. Not a bad like deal. It. And he's got a, uh, a little uh, a stretch of a couple of days that uh, I think I will be carrying on for a couple of days or we'll park our butt for a couple of days to allow each of us at certain times to still fulfill some of the commitments that we have already made to people uh, that allows us to fly away or to go a certain distance away to be able to rejoin back at a certain point uh, to kind of keep uh, kind of keep everything flowing. So we've kind of targeted right now the, the Marine Corps birthday. All right. And I think it's a, a pretty achievable way to do that. Yeah, I don't know how long it takes to walk 3,365 miles. I've never done it, so. Well, uh, come on out. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be more than happy to give you a little smattering of what that may feel like. <laughs> um, you guys got anything so about the long road? As a as a, as a backpacker, in fact, for myself, I got to ask you, uh, you got like a pup tent in your rig with you? Or are you going to do a hammock? Like how are you going to uh, set we, up for the for the stretches where there's not really much out there? The eastern half of the United States that is on here in the climate zones that we have, right? Because we grew up with a military three-bag and four-bag systems that are on those, right? So everything that is weather-rated, uh, you know, you're not having to hike a lot of the heavier equipment that is up front to do that so you can hike more streamlined layers and strip down uh that is up front a lot more dry wicking stuff that's up front uh but you're hiking lighter bags uh that are on that which greatly reduces the weight henceforward when we're on the other side of the mississippi where the carts are going to come in at because you're going to be carrying more winter weight that is on that you don't want to carry those uh that are on your back and also uh, we've got not the old military uh, anything that is on that. You know, this isn't a couple guys that says, you know, suck it up. I'm going to use my Alice pack because it's the greatest pack that was out there. You rapidly find out in 24 hours that's not the greatest pack for backpacking or hiking or doing long journeys or distances. Right. Short journeys, short chops. I'm telling you, what, I, I still own every pack that I had ever had through the military, whether I went to supplier, bought it, or, or bought something that looked like it for different mission sets and different things that are there. So the individual uh, rated tents that uh, are singular module tents that are on there, uh, they're all weatherproof. They're all rated. They're probably rated right now, the, the singular ones down to 20 degrees that are on that. And then now the best thing about this is it is an old poncho liners that isn't anything else. Now they make so many different things that are out there that are quilted to go inside the sack that are on top of that that greatly reduces the weight and also the packing size because a lot of the older stuff, as you very well know, it is good stuff, but a lot of age stuff is bulky stuff that is on it. Uh, the resilience these days is you can take something that is equally weather-related and there is something on the market that is accessible to everyone because that is also to show people that are out here that you start with what you have, you start where you're at in life, and then you just start kicking things off. Uh, I think there was a great quote one time by Arthur Ashe that said something about a person's ability, and it goes to overthinking everything is – Okay, today I'm going to start the gym. Well, I'm not going to start the gym. Tomorrow I'm going to start the gym. And you start getting this psyche into you. And Thrash kind of said, you know what? Start where you're at, use what you have, and do what you can. 
And that is kind of the business of why we're doing this. It shows everybody out there, start where you're at, use what you have, do what you can. And then the great thing that's going to be on that, you as well knowing a hiker, is gaining or shedding along the way. Okay? You may find out that was a great concept till you get 100 miles Mm -hmm. out there, not just 20 you know, because in training, you're already hiking 10 miles a day, 15 miles a day. Uh, Rocky and I are already to those points, to where we're going out every day. Uh, and Rocky's in Hawaii doing that, and I'm over here doing that. And we're kind of FaceTiming each other when we're out on the thing, saying what works, what doesn't work to do that. Uh, there's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of probably videos tune in that's like, oh, this is crap. <laughs> it was out here. I wouldn't highlight this at all. Yeah. Or you're going to say, no matter how much planning, God, I wish I would have thought of that. Or did you think of that? And that's why we created that group page for anybody to be able to come in there and go, have you guys thought of this? That's awesome, yeah. It is. So as you're hiking across, I don't know, the sand hills of Nebraska, you're just going to, like, move eight feet off the road to camp out at night? Or what's your – how do you plan on uh, – escaping traffic to sleep oh well there's numerous there's numerous places uh that are with encampments because even if you're projecting out uh say that that with your rate of march that day whether it's weather conditions or that you're estimating you're already warmed up your body's warmed up so if you're not just doing 20 okay you think you're going to do 28 on this stretch because early on you kind of put a safety mechanism into place no matter how good you feel you're not exceeding this each day just stop where you're at, allows your body to rest, allows you to recoup, allows you to recover. And it doesn't because Marines, as we all know, are very overly exuberant and enthusiastic people. And kind of what they get going is kind of like, oh, I think I can do two more today or mm-hmm. I can do that, right? We also know it is not um, feasible to say that you're only going to do 21, you're going to stop at 21 because the terrain is not going to dictate, like you're saying today, that you're stopping at 21. But 22, you have already used Google Earth, you've already used everything else, mm-hmm. and your friends to actually look at the terrain that you have and the spaces and that that are up ahead. And also, we have a team, Monkey and I, that is back in the rear, whether it's family, whether it's friends, that has connectivity with us every day, that's saying three miles up the road, we have contacted this. Look for this individual that is there to be able to help you out to kind of greatly reduce as much as you can, like you had said, only having a stretch of highway that is out there to where you are only going to have, you know, 16 feet that's Mm -hmm. off of a highway. There's not going to be any 16 feet camping near any type of a highway that is on that because I don't trust anybody that's on those highways or especially anybody when you're in your rest period that night and some sleepy driver that's out there that's been hauling for 300 miles trying to get home just tends to say that, you know, that 16-foot buffer buddy ain't enough that is on that. So we have already started making the arrangements along the way to not overanalyze but also look at those spots along the way and have that support team that calls in that actually says, if you guys go, I know you've done this today, but if you guys go another mile and a half up there, we've got a family that said you can use a portion of their farm. And it's here because it's going to be great as well because as you're hiking, it's going to be pretty cool to go, that's a Navy flag, or that's a Marine Corps flag. There's the U.S. flag with an Air Force flag. There's that. That's a veteran that lives in that house that owns that farm that is over there. So when you just kind of roll up on the long driveway of a cattle ranch or something like this, 
you're not just the average person that is some transient hiker that is out there. One, they may have heard about this already, which you're hoping on. And two is you stripe up a conversation and make a new friend that says, hey, I just want to stop along the way. Thank you as a farmer for what you're doing. And notice that flag that was flying there in the yard. Uh, you got about 55 acres of property over here. Do you mind if we curl up behind the cattle barn that's over there? We'll be out of your here tomorrow morning at about 6 in the morning. And uh, I think that's probably going to work out famously knowing the people that we have in this country along the route. Nice, yeah. nice. And just as a, as a kind of wrap-up, tell everybody again how they can follow your journey and how people can make contributions how they can participate and donations. Absolutely, thank you very much. The, the first thing is, once again, uh, on a website, www.historyflight.com. There they can read about the mission and the families of the fallen. That is where we are routing the original donations uh, that go straight there, because we're kind of staying away from individual social media platform fundraisers. Right. that are on that okay. to do that, that funnels in to the 501c3. And then primarily right now on a Facebook platform is the Long Road group page. And we've been sending out a lot of invites, and it's an open group page that's there, so people can come over, join. We will be updating on my platform. We'll be updating on Rocky's platform. Uh, we'll be updating on the Long Road platform. And there's probably not going to be a day that goes by on multiple platforms that these don't intersect into a lot of families and friends who then reach out on their platforms. That comes back to the www.historyflight.com. You'll see the donation button on all those platforms that are there. And if you are not in a position right now because inflation is hitting everybody, I mean, we're hiking five to six months in some of the middle of the highest inflation that a lot of us have seen in our lifetimes. And a lot of these families that are going out there. So you have a lot of 501s that are out there that are struggling, not just, not just our 501, a lot of 501s that are out there because they're competing for the same dollar that that dollar is worth less today. And a lot of that dollar has to stay home because of the uncertainty of American families on what is going to happen in the future with that. And we completely understand that. So, of course, we would love to have more donations that come in. The more money that we have that can support the families, go forward to do more missions to return great Americans to American soil. But if you're not in a position to do that right now, help where you can or advertise the resources that you have and help in your way. And if you would like to research, if you would like to do anything that is there, I'm a firm believer that every American wants to make a difference. And you can just give them a pathway to show them how they can make a difference. And this is going to be a journey that shows them how to do that. Very cool. And maybe you'll come back in the uh, in the winter when you've recovered and tell us what you did on your summer vacation. Oh, it'll be absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. It is. That would be great. Yeah. That would be great. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. Well, thanks, Nancy and the crew. It's great to see you. Uh, thanks for having right. me out today. It was great to have you. All right. Scuttlebutt is a production of the Marine Corps Association. I am Nick Wilson. That is Major Vic Rubel, U.S. Marine Corps retired. You have also heard the voices of or contributions from William Truding or Nancy Lichman, editors of Gazette and Leatherneck Magazines, respectively. Opinions expressed in Scuttlebutt are just that, opinions, and do not represent any official stance of the MCA.